Modern education produces weak men. The truth is boys mature at different ages, need different learning environments, and are wired by God uniquely in their distinct bodies and minds. The task before us is to raise up a generation of young men who are confident in their identity, disciplined and skilled in their thinking, and faithful in their commitment to Christ. Classical Christian education is a critical ingredient to reach this goal, but our schools have got to consider that one-size education does not fit all. Join me for this conversation with the founders of the Buffalo Creek Boys School, Lee and Rebecca Taylor, and learn what they discovered in their unique school that can be applied to anyone raising up the next generation of young men. And the good news is that a lot of what they discovered applies to girls too. Stay tuned for this episode of Basecamp Live. Mountains, we all face them as we seek to influence the next generation. Get equipped to conquer the challenges, summit the peak, and shape exceptionally thoughtful, compassionate, and flourishing human beings. We call it Ancient Future Education for Raising the Next Generation. Welcome to Basecamp Live. Now your host, Davies Owens. Welcome to Basecamp Live. Davies Owens on the line with Lee and Rebecca Taylor. How are you guys? Doing great. Great, Davies. How are you today? I'm doing well. I have been looking forward to this conversation with the two of you. What you guys are doing absolutely fascinates me. You're there at the Buffalo Creek Boys School in Lexington, Virginia. Um, you're kind of rewriting the way classical Christian school works and in your unique context, focusing on serving boys and kind of rethinking the, the schedule of the school day and maybe add, adding in more time for um, what some have called servile arts or just getting getting some hands dirty in classical Christian schools. Um, little, bring them back. I've always said, let's bring back shop class. I'm a big fan of that kind of thing. So <laughs> you guys are, are doing some really unique work. I look forward to talking um, with you about it. But let's just start, kind of tell us very quickly kind of your journey. How long, first of all, how long has Buffalo Creek Boys School been around? Well, we've been here. This is our fourth year of classes. And uh, we are, uh, we have grown steadily each year. But uh, but it's been a certainly a, a exciting learning experience for us and uh, and looking forward to, to our fifth year actually at a new location next year. Right. And you guys are, are grade level right now is middle school uh, grades five through eight. Right. You picked the most challenging years and squished them onto one school. That's really impressive. <laughs> That's our favorite. Right when the year. hormones hit, they go to you. That's perfect. Yeah. The, the, the most challenging and then certainly the most formative years we've Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Critical years. All, all. Yeah. And Lee, what's your background? You, you were, how did you end up in a classical Christian world like this? Well, I, uh, I have been a practicing lawyer for over 30 years. I uh, started out wanting to, to teach, but got, uh, got advice from family members that that might not be the best uh, career move. Uh, so now that, uh, that I am nearing retirement as a lawyer, I'm, I'm going back to what I really love and what I want to do. That's wonderful. That's right. And, and Rebecca, a little bit of your story and your background. Well, I was a middle school teacher, and then we homeschooled our kids for about six years. And um, but of course, never could teach Christian education. Um, so when I went joined a Rafiki mission trip there, I was able to teach sixth graders the classical Christian education. And I came back from that and was just so moved. I just felt like it was the most beautiful type of education I've ever been a part of, and I, that's when I fell in love with it. We, we are big fans of Rafiki and Karen Elliott and her team. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, if it, it's, it's, if it works in Africa, it ought to work here too. 
for sure. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful model. Well, let's for kind of first question. Why, why a boys school? Why is that so important to you guys? Well, I was in the library and just happened upon the books about how horribly boys are doing in education across America. And that just intrigued me, you know, being an, an educator and just started reading more and just couldn't believe the statistics, how, you know, boys are the ones doing horribly academically, behaviorally, just in every way compared to girls. So um, we did some, took some uh, statistics here locally to see if it was true here. And it was, and just came to, after studying more and researching what others have found and we agree with is that, you know, it's nothing wrong with the boys. It's the way we educate boys and that boys learn differently than girls. And, the public education system is not great for anybody, but girls can kind of sit there still and do it the way. And, and boys won't, you know, they have more energy and they don't like to sit for seven hours a day and, and they like to be challenged. And we have find that they, they thrive on challenge. When you give them challenging work and hands on things, they, they love learning in school. So, um, yeah. And you guys have some really interesting statistics. I'd love for you to share just kind of, you know, for folks that aren't kind of up to speed, I'm just kind of a snapshot of where boys are today in our culture. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty discouraging news. And mm-hmm. a good reason for what you're doing. Do you want me to give you some statistics? Yeah, I mean, yeah, please. Yeah, I love. Like I think people be Sixty-six percent of the learning disorders are boys. Ninety percent of behavior disorders are boys. Seventy-one percent of school suspensions. Eighty percent of dropouts. And a hundred percent more boys are diagnosed with ADHD and usually put on medication. Wow. Wow. And then you've talked about like 40% of boys no longer even have a biological father in the home, which is adding. To right. That well. And that's another reason, you know, we try to get male, yeah. mostly male teachers so that they can offer them that, you know, not only that male mentorship, but teach them the things that fathers would normally teach them to do, you know, how to use a hammer and how to use a knife and a, you know, right. some simple things that we grew up with. Yeah. No, I think it's really, I think it's really, um, important and again i think it's i often think of the old adage you know we've become so heavenly minded we're no earthly good and and i often think you know in classical christian circles we're we're so quick to um be be critical of utilitarian practical aspects of education and i understand i I understand that that's where so much of the progressive school movement has gone it's all about career training and we've lost character formation but i think you can Mm -hmm. fall in the other ditch which is i think what you guys are seeing which is you can be so um you know, so so focused exclusively on on you know on the character formation around you know, reading and liberal arts tradition, but you really don't have basic functioning skills for the practical world that also are places where characters formed. And right. So, yeah. You know, so, an interesting thing I'd love to share is they're finding in schools for doctors that doctors can't even stitch. They're having trouble teaching them how to you know stitch up people because there's no dexterity in their hands. So things like cursive and sewing and all these things are teaching them great skills that they can use in their fields too, you know? It's a really good point. And, uh, and a lot of kids too just learn in that environment where they're, they're hands-on and they're able to discover their confidence and, and mm-hmm. solve sure. the logic. There's a, there's a great book that I often cite, My, Michael Crawford. He's not a believer of his book, Soul, Shop, uh, Soul, <laughs> Shop Craft is Soul Craft, or, or um, the idea being that you know for him moving into a into a more he went from uh the university into a motorcycle repair shop and he said you know we can i can be in here and teach kids using 
just mechanical skills, a lot of times logic right. and really sometimes formulaic logic is hard to do. So exactly. Yeah, not craft is soul craft is a book. So um, Lee, talk a little bit. So, you know, I think a lot of people, again, could see some value in kind of a single sex uh, educational environment. I know at Ambrose School here in Boise, we years ago switched our seventh, sixth or seventh and eighth grade to most of their classes are single sex. And there's a huge pushback from parents that this is, you know, kids won't be able to relate socially or whatever the problem was. And right. pretty soon they were like, oh my goodness, this this makes all kinds of sense. So it's obviously what you're saying, but talk a little bit more about it. I know you've got some different um, research as well as just sure, life sure. Yeah, well, Rebecca mentioned that boys learn differently than girls, and um, clearly that's the case. But there are a lot of studies out there that show beginning uh, in late elementary, uh, middle school age that boys are actually developing uh, differently and uh, physically and intellectually more slowly than girls. Uh, there are brain, <clears throat> brain scan studies that have been done, uh, and one of those, or a number of those, show that, that boys are actually about a year and a half behind in brain development uh, than girls at that age. Uh, and certainly, uh, girls mature physically uh, at an earlier age uh, during those years. Um, so I think that's a, you know, that's certainly something that, <clears throat> that, that a single sex education uh, helps with. And, you know, I remember when I was a middle school boy, I was pretty self-conscious. Uh, and the, the fact that the girls were maturing uh, a little ahead of me was, was a, a pretty distracting thing uh, for me as a, as a student. So uh, without the girls in the environment here at, at the school, uh, you know, the boys are, uh, they're uh, able to just be boys. They, they're, they're not self-conscious with each other. They're willing to try uh, anything that, that you can put in front of them. They're, you know, they're much more adventurous with their uh, just, just trying out new activities and things that they, you know, they may not be good at. Uh, and they don't have to be self-conscious about the girls watching to see who, yeah. you know, who's being goofy. Yeah, so, well, those are awkward years with the girls in the classroom. Yeah. Guys yeah. posturing and it's so talk a, I mean I'm, I'm I, you know and again kind of as we walk through this conversation if as folks are listening thinking, okay what does this have to do with with me I, we definitely going to talk about some practical suggestions you have if, you know in in traditional five-day brick-and-mortar classical Christian schools and also just as parents of boys I mean there's a lot of wisdom you have there but before we get to all that I share a little bit about when you guys kind of built ground up Buffalo Creek Boys School and you rethought curriculum and you said, let's try to, as we said earlier, kind of maybe load balance a little bit better. Can you walk me through just a bit of a, a day? Like where are you picking up these and what, what specifically are you guys doing? You mentioned earlier, you know, some of the just practical, what are the boys doing? And then where does that fit into the schedule? Mm-hmm. Well, we start off, our first thing is we start off with PTs. You know, one of the things is we emphasize physical fitness as much as sp- spiritual and academic and we believe in educating the whole person so we start off with pts and prayer and just get their blood going and energy out and then we come in and have two hours of academic classes so basically breaking up where they're never sitting down more than two hours at a time and then we go back out we have pe and it's not just fun play we teach skills and you know strategy and we do sports um and then we come back in for another hour hour and a half block of an academic subject 
and then we're back out again for for lunch. They pretty much eat lunch outside every day, and of course they gobble their lunch down and play. <laughs> um, and then our afternoon classes, we have Bible, and then we have some hands-on tinker class, and um, just lots of different things. We have chess, just you know our electives, um, and then our art and music is in the afternoon. So that most of the mental stuff hard mental um, work is in the morning. And so pretty much just breaking things up with sit down classes versus hands-on. Um, but then we also have our monthly, we do service projects for a half a day every month um, just to teach them the joy of serving and serving the community. We have a wilderness camp that we go to once a month, the whole day. And we do, you know, arch march marksmanship orienteering but we also do our academics but just outdoors like for science they went and gathered them and found bugs and then came back and studied them for history we reenacted all these battles that were studying in, in the revolutionary war um so we do the kind of the subject areas but in an outdoor live way which is great yeah it's, um, you know as you're saying there Beck, i remember years ago talking to an educator and you know the, the the thought exercise was you know if any of us as an adult had to go through a typical day that our children have to go through which is eight you know 7:45, walk in the room sit in the chair you got three minutes to run to the next chair where you're going to sit for 45 minutes go to the next chair to the next chair and finally around lunch you can get I mean, we would lose our minds as adults, and yet we do that yeah. all the time. So it's <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> it's like the longest, what's the longest stretch? You're, I mean, they do PT in the morning, and then they end the classroom. They're doing, like you said, they're focused in the morning. So it's the longest window that they're kind of statically in a set spot, what, an hour and a half maybe? Is that about? Two, oh, two, two hours, hours in the morning, and that's okay. it, yeah. But we also have stools and high, um, high desk. So yeah. we let them stand up a lot of times. They just standing up helps them release energy and they just stand at their desk because they're high. And just that alone helps a yeah. lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, our bodies aren't made to sit. That's for sure. So, right. yeah. so and tell me a little bit more about some of the, you started, I mean, you shared some of the things that they're doing as far as, um, you know, the, there's various art and music and physical activities. And, and um, I mean, what are some of the, so if, if, if I, if my son were there and came in in sixth grade, you guys started sixth or fifth. I think he's at fifth, right? Fifth grade. We're doing fifth grade this year. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, fifth and then out in eighth. And I guess it, let me finish my first thought. Now, the second question. The first question is, are, you know, what, what are the life skills that I could just, I would know that my son had experienced through your school. Could you just list those out? Lee, you want to do it? Sure. Um, well, uh, Certainly, uh, the life skill of interacting with adults. We have a lot of guest teachers that come in. Um, the ability to uh, to interact with uh, with people that you don't know on a one to one basis, and just being comfortable with that. Uh, the uh, you know, we do a lot of the hands-on sorts of things that you may be referring to. We have a uh, tinker, what we call tinker class. Uh, which is really applied mathematics and engineering and physics. We take what we learn in the classroom and uh, try to find uh, either disassembly projects or construction projects that will apply some of the things we've learned. And what I've, uh, what I've observed is that if, if a boy is taking something apart or has permission to be destructive, uh, they just thrive on that. They, they love it. Um, the, uh, you know, the, the service projects we do are generally out working in the community, 
uh, whether it's spreading grass seeds at a, at a uh, habitat uh, project or, uh, or building something for the, the school, uh, they're learning how to use a hammer, learning how to, uh, you know, how to, uh, to measure and cut those sorts of things. We, we have a tools class the first year and they had, they learned to just use all the basic tools. And then we do farm chores every week where we try to get them just to, not because we need chores done, but just to teach them how to use all the farm chores. Yeah. And they love that. <laughs> um, just moving gravel of, piles around would be yeah. good for some kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One, of, one of our electives is uh, horsemanship. We have, uh, you know, we pottery. have a, a pottery, a ceramics uh, elective, which is, you know, a lot of good, hand dexterity uh, sort of skills. And, architecture uh, this year. Yeah, we did an architecture elective this year, mm-hmm. which was studying classical architecture and then going around the community and just learning, you know, looking at some of the beautiful buildings, the historical buildings here in Lexington. And, uh, and then uh, the mechanics. Yeah, we, took, we did, disassembled a Honda D- CRV uh, back in the fall and the students loved that. Uh, did you put it back together? No, I'm afraid oh. it didn't, didn't, didn't come apart well enough that it would actually go back together. Was, uh, that wouldn't be uh, nearly as much fun. No, <laughs> yeah, but and then then stitchery. You know, you you don't think of sewing as a uh, as a young man's skill, but started with with sail making, uh, of course, for me. And uh, and boys really enjoy uh, sewing. Uh, you know, using using needle and thread and knots yep. and and, and even knitting. They love knitting. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't so, call it that. Call it something yeah. more interesting. Well, well actually, you know, men knit. men invented knitting for yeah, making net, fishing nets, so it's a manly thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this yeah. is absolutely fascinating. I would we we should take a break, and when we come back, I would love to hear from your vantage point, looking being being uh, fellow classical Christian educators, and sort of taking a look over the shoulder of many of our schools and thinking here's here's some things based on what you've learned because i'm sure people are listening again saying maybe they're a parent and thinking well boy i'd love this for my my kids there are some things you can do at home independently of your school but if you have an influencer you're an educator in a classical christian school this is some i think you guys have some good food for thought some challenges maybe for us to think about so let's take a quick break we'll be right back with lean rebecca taylor and learn more about this fascinating work you're doing at buffalo creek boys school He's worked with families for more than 30 years as a licensed professional counselor and marriage family therapist. It's time for a quick encouragement on the best practices of raising the next generation. We call it a McCurdy moment. So Keith, we've talked before about this idea. If you ask a parent today, uh, average parent on the sidewalk, what do you want for your child when they've grown up and they're leaving home and moving out of the world? What what one thing do you want? And I bet the answer would be to be happy. So... <laughs> And and we all laugh, but there's a part of me that thinks, well, I do want my children to be happy. And I don't want them just to be frozen, chosen, classical kids walking around doing Play-Doh all day long with no smile on their face. What's wrong? Is there a problem with their kids wanting to be happy? I think that's a great thing to for us to consider because culture shoves that at us left and right. You know, it's all about our children feeling good. And if we think of it, looking at it in the world of psychology, psychology has jumped on that bandwagon or, or pretty much led that bandwagon that any negative emotional state must be removed. And we should do everything we can to increase positive emotional states. The problem with that is it's pursuing a certain feeling is not the goal. It really should be learning to live differently. 
Uh, I'll think of a girl that came to see me not long ago, and she wanted to know if I could help her feel better. And my comment to her was, I have no idea, and she got angry in my office. And she said, what do you mean? That's your job. My last two or three therapists told me they could help me feel better. (laughs) And so I asked her, I said, well, what happened? She said it didn't work. And I reflected to her, I said, well, I have no idea if I can help you feel better, but I could probably help you live better. And in my experience, when we get away from targeting one emotion, and instead realize emotions are stimulated by other things, we, we can then get to the real issues. How are you really living in life? And so, you know, there are a lot of ways I can make someone feel happy. We can give drugs and make somebody feel happy. It doesn't mean we've actually improved anything in their life. What I would rather have is not students that necessarily are always happy, but those that are more sturdy and capable. They actually can deal with difficult situations, which means they need to feel you know, those tough feelings sometimes. There's a reason at times we're depressed. There's a reason for anger. There's a reason for anxiety. Just eliminating those does not necessarily help us at all. And yet it's interesting. You aim, you aim for, you aim for it and you miss it, but it's a byproduct of just a life well lived. Right. Exactly. Which is, which is great how that worked out. Yeah. I tell, I tell people all the time, they say, well, so, you know, so you're in the business of psychology and you know, you're trying to make everybody feel better. Yeah. And I said, not really. I said, a lot of my job is really helping someone learning to live well in a broken world. You know, being broken people in a broken world, how can I live well in that? Rather than always feel happy yeah. in that. Yeah, and because feelings are fleeting and feelings are always whatever made you happy before you need more of it to get you happier again. And then it's just an, it's an endless cycle of guaranteed not going to make you happy. So. Right, absolutely. Great. Well, I think I'm happy after that conversation, but thanks, Keith. <laughs> Got a question for Keith to answer on a future McCurdy moment? Well, send it to us at info at basecamplive.com and learn more about Keith McCurdy on the speaking page on the Basecamp Live website. Welcome back to Basecamp Live on the line with Lee and Rebecca Taylor from the Buffalo Creek Boys School. We're having a fascinating conversation about this really pioneering, innovative work you guys are doing um, with classical Christian education. And, you know, I think sometimes because it is classical Christian education, we, we believe that it's sacred and can't change and it's, you know, s- steeped in legacies and traditions and therefore uh, why make any changes? And, and I don't know. And in fact, I think one could argue that you're, we made changes 40 years ago when we kind of rediscovered classical Christian. And there's a lot we could say, it's all another podcast just about some of the very progressive, components in many of our classical Christian schools, again, to the 45, 50 minute class periods and the bells and just sort of moving through this system that we mm-hmm. claim as classical Christian. But let me, let me, the question is knowing what, knowing that you guys have gone on this journey, started the school, obviously I'm sure ask yourself what, what's the optimal and best way to do classical Christian education. You're also fairly familiar with, you know, many of our mainline classical Christian schools. What advice would you have for them both thinking about maybe first the, the teacher educator that's listening that maybe does have an ability to kind of tweak curriculum or rethink schedule. And then secondly, just to the parents who are enrolled in these schools who maybe have less influence and we're going to get to just some practical things you can do at home. But Rebecca, you want to speak to that? Sure. Um, I think just the emphasis for training the whole person, the mind, body, and soul. And I think that's a biblical thing. And I think that's important. And I think we all have gifts in different areas. And I think it allows boys who aren't that great in academia to excel and perform well in other areas, which gives them confidence and helps in those other areas. So I think it's good for a lot of reasons, not just getting rid of energy, but I think our body is a temple of God. <laughs> and, and we are to train our bodies. And 
Um, and I think those things help their dexterity can help coordination things that they do, whatever career they choose to go to. So that would be one thing. I think single sex is probably one of the, the greatest benefits because I think boys just, they'll participate, they'll discuss, they're, they're not afraid to um, speak any, about anything, to get out there and act out in drama. They're not afraid to do anything. They just are real free to be themselves. And I think that's very freeing for them. Yeah, and, I, know, I know you guys are middle school. I mean, just, I'm curious your own opinion, Rebecca, would you, if you were running a, a K-12, would you advise into high school years um, continuing some of that? High school years probably wouldn't make as big a difference. You know, I think mm -hmm. by 10th grade, everything kind of evened out, but I think in elementary and middle school, it's very important. So you'd extend down if you were running an, a, a K-6, you would have some single-sex classes. There. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. good, good. What other, um, what other advice would you have? For and us? so the other thing would just be punctuating academics with kinesthetic things, um, you know, active to, they say, just going out for 10 minutes, just running around, get your brain stimulated and you come back in and you're, I mean, they come in tired and drinking water and they're ready to sit down and listen. <laughs> they're tired. So, yeah. and just research shows that that's better for their brain. It activates it. So, um, and I think the PE, I think they need PE every day. Yeah. Um, that's just important. And they love competition and that makes them excited. Just one PE class a day can make them excited about coming to school. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and know? I know a lot, a lot of our schools have, you know, made more PE in the grammar, PE in the grammar school. The house program, I think is, is a great, um, uh, means to accomplish some of that physical activity and sports competition. So schools mm -hmm. have adopted that, I think, are, but again, I know a lot of them that do house, but it's only two days a week. And the other three days you're, <laughs> you haven't, if you, if you had your uh, Fitbit on, it would show you've walked like a thousand feet all day. Probably not a really good. Right. Right. Um, I, before we get Lee to you and I want to hear about some thoughts for parents. I'm just, again, thinking through questions that people are likely to have Rebecca. I'm curious, um, you know, first, is there ever going to be a Buffalo Creek school for girls? Um, that would be interesting. And if not, is any of this, if I'm, if I'm listening and I've got a, a, a daughter, um, what learning might you have? I mean, what, what should we be thinking about with our daughters? Is, is everything like sitting in seats all day long okay with them or should that be a problem too for them? I think this program will work just as wonderfully and is just as needed with girls as it is boys. Yeah. I just, you know, you might teach different kinds of hands-on activities that interest girls. They might not be interested in taking apart a car, <laughs> but there's, you know, being out in nature and camping and hiking and using yeah. your hands. Um, I just don't see um, any less need for them to be up and about and right. moving and learning with their hands. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. And I know part of it's just how many hours in the day and until you can clone yourself and create the Buffalo Creek Girls School across the street. Yes, um, we've had many requests for that. Could, it sounds like it would be a good idea. <laughs> yes, yes. Someone do it, please. We All don't right, have good. time. Yeah. <laughs> it's really important because I, I completely agree. I don't think, you know, I think as you were saying earlier, girls are, you know, they're more mature. They're, they're probably more tolerant maybe of some of the things we make them do. And I'm broad generalizations here, but I, I think absolutely makes sense to create this mm -hmm. you know, variety of the day. So, well, let's, let's shift. Um, Leah, love your input. Folks that are listening, many of them, in fact, based on blessers are parents and, you know, we trust our schools, we believe in them, but like every human institution, there's always room to improve. 
sure. Um, build a school can kind of make changes that might be in this direction. Where are some things when our kids get to us three o'clock in the afternoon, they've been sitting in a chair all day long. And then we have homework for the next four hours at home. Boy, we are, <laughs> we're not doing them any favors. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know, we, uh, we certainly don't uh, pretend to be experts uh, in any of this, but one of the things that we try to do is to limit our homework uh, to 10 minutes per grade level. So for a sixth grader, that would be 60 minutes of, of homework. And, um, and what that does, it allows, you know, it allows the, the students some time at home. They've got time with their families. They've got time to go outside and do things that, uh, with their neighbors, play in the creek or whatever, you know, whatever they like to do outside. Um, and that just keeps a good balance of personal family time with the, the academic requirements of, you know, of classical Christian education, which is uh, a rigorous uh, academic endeavor. Um, you know, I think that uh, the, some of the school schedules I've seen have PE twice a week, uh, which really does, does not, doesn't do much in the life of a, of a young man. Um, certainly, uh, it's, it's a, we've seen a great benefit in having PE every single day. And it, and it is uh, workouts, building, building uh, muscle, building stamina, building skills, and, and learning sports. And, and I think what we are trying to do is, is raise lifelong learners, and, and we want lifelong athletes, people that are going to be out there and be active all their lives and enjoy, uh, enjoy being active and outdoors. Uh, I guess one other thing that I would encourage parents to do is to meet, uh, to meet with teachers in person and to try to do it uh, informally in a way that's not, you know, the, the five minute round robin sort of thing that, you know, that we often see. Uh, and in an informal setting, things are going to come up with your child's performance, their personality, their behaviors, mm -hmm. uh, things that, uh, that might not come up in a more formal discussion. And I think that that's just a, a really uh, important thing for parents to do. Um, and I guess, you know, for parents of boys, I would really encourage them to uh, to find things that that their sons can get excited about that that involve fine motor skills. I know when I was a kid, I built plastic model airplanes. Um, I did you know some leather crafts, some some things like that. But anything that that will allow them to develop those fine motor skills uh, that you know that seem to be lacking in uh, yeah. in young young men these days. So, so you you you're advising. I'm hearing more than a lot of parents would think. Well, I get all that, but we play X sport, soccer, basketball. We do all of that, and obviously that's great. But it sounds like that even that isn't a full. Um, fully offsetting the problem there's still there's still like you're saying there's needs for some of these hands-on experiences mm -hmm. that are uh, mm -hmm. even different than just show up on the soccer sure. or the basketball court. sure yeah. yeah yeah that's really helpful um so as far as uh, i know folks are intrigued and it's certainly a, and I'm, I'm delighted that you guys are pioneering in this area and again i, I think even if schools could take kind of baby steps and offer um some kind of uh, clubs or I don't know, at Ambrose, we call them preceptorials and we brought in, you know, an outside person and they could do, you know, something that was like small engine mechanics if somebody was interested in teaching that kind of during the lunch hour. So I think there's, 
there are places if schools are willing to try to make it happen, they can do that. And I think just being cognizant of how much seat time we're putting our kids through um, is a big part of it as well. And, and again, I, I'm, I'm often quote Charlotte Mason here on <laughs> base camp. And I think, you know, as far as being a classical educator, she's, very, she's classical and she understands this whole idea that, that less is actually more. And if we could go deep rather than go wide, sometimes the output's even better. So, I mean, I hear, you know, if, if I'd be curious to kind of put your reading list against a typical classical Christian school reading list, you're probably going to do a few less great books, but I bet you're going to do them really well when you do them. So. Yeah. Well, we, we certainly hope so. Yeah, you guys actually go out and reenact the oh. battles. You guys. Yeah. Well, we just read a, uh, a carry on Mr. Bowditch and they love that. And they were all into learning navigation about boats. So we actually made boats out of pieces of firewood and they had to carve them with a oh, chisel my. and make their own mast. And then we went and raced them in our Creek right here. And that was, they loved it. I've That's not, cool. oh, my goodness. Just the idea that they could just make their own boat out of a piece of wood. Yep. <laughs> Away. <laughs> I love it. Well, and that's, it's, I mean, we learn, it's experiential learning. I mean, we're humans and we, we remember, what, you know, not only what we are here, but what we do. So I think you guys are onto something really special. And I do hope you get the girls school across the street and I do hope you get the high school. <laughs> no pressure. But, uh, so if folks right. want to hear more about it, you've got to tell, tell us where we can find out more. You got a great website and where else? Tell sure. us your- um, yeah. Website, Buffalo Creek Boys School, uh, org. Okay. Um, just look it up. There are phone numbers, contact emails there. Uh, we love to, to talk to anybody that's got an interest. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we, uh, we really appreciate the time that you've uh, allowed, to, allowed us to share with you, Davies. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, my last question, is there really a creek, a Buffalo Creek right there where you are? Why is it called? There, in, there in <laughs> fact is. Yeah, okay. it sure is. And there's still Buffalo around the creek? Well, we haven't seen a buffalo lately. Okay. But, uh, I was going to say, that would really get the boys. Come visit us, Davey. I, I want to come. I, 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 and I, I, so I'm absolutely intrigued and, and very grateful for what you're doing. And again, let's have you back on and hear more of your great right. stories. So Sounds thank you. Great. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Rebecca. We'll, thank uh, you. Appreciate your time. All right. Have a great day. Hey everybody, Davy's daughter Hannah here, and I just wanted to drop by and say how proud I am of my dad and this podcast. It has just grown immensely over the last four years, and it's been so amazing for me to watch how it's impacted people all across the world and encouraged and educated people about what classical Christian education really and truly is. There's so many myths around it. Uh, my brothers and I have been in classical Christian schools since kindergarten. I graduated from a classical Christian college. I'm about to get married. I'm just so thankful for everything that I've learned through this model. And it's very unique in today's times. Today's times are just crazy. So I just wanted to thank everyone for listening and encourage you that these are really, really meaningful things that you're learning. And I would love for you to continue to get plugged in with Basecamp Live. So please do follow on Facebook and Instagram and make sure to drop an email at info at basecamplive.com and stay in touch because these are crazy times and it's important for everybody to band together and really learn how to educate the next generation well. So thanks everybody for listening and I look forward to the next episode. Bye.